Have you ever felt a twinge of worry about AI taking over your job or diluting your creativity? Well, what if you could turn that fear into creative fuel? We've just published an amazing new ebook called The Four Keys to Success in an AI World. And this is more than just a guide. It's a deep exploration into the human skills that AI can't touch. The skills that are essential for standing out and thriving, no matter how much technology evolved. We're talking about real differentiators here, like creativity, emotional intelligence, critical thinking, and much more. Inside, you'll find actionable insights and strategies to develop these skills, whether you're a creative person, a business person, or just simply someone who loves personal development. This isn't a story about tech taking over. It's a story of human creativity thriving alongside AI. Picture this, AI as your creative co-pilot, not just as a tool, but a collaborator that enhances your unique human skills. The Four Keys ebook will show you exactly how to do that and view AI in a new way that empowers you instead of overshadows you. Transform your creative potential today. Head over to unmistakablecreative.com slash four keys. Use the number four, K-E-Y-S. That's unmistakablecreative.com slash four keys and download your free copy. Every environment is connected. You can't change one environment and not have it change another. If you improve one environment, it will send a ripple effect through the other environments. If you improve your physical body as an environment, what happens to your self-image? It improves. Once your self-image improves, what happens to your networks? Your networks improve because you'll quit hanging out with the people that, that are bringing you down. What happens when your network improves? Well, your net worth is related to your network. In other words, your financial environment can start to improve because the quality of people you're hanging out with is better. Your self-confidence is up. Your strengths, gifts, and talents are up. Your physical health is up so you have more energy to commit to your vision and mission and your passions. So all of these things are connected and the vice versa is true. If you notice that you're on a downward spiral, if all of a sudden you're starting to eat unhealthy, maybe you're starting to watch TV that isn't empowering you. Maybe you're starting to doubt your self-environment a little bit. Maybe you're starting to notice that the people you're hanging out with aren't actually doing healthy things. They're not really growing and improving. What you're saying is, is that by default, I'm allowing the environments around me to bring me down. You're doing life by default. I'm Srini Rao, and this is the Unmistakable Creative Podcast, where you get a window into the stories and insights of the most innovative and creative minds who've started movements, built thriving businesses, written best-selling books, and created insanely interesting art. For more, check out our 500-episode archive at unmistakablecreative.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? 
helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. As creators, we're always on the move. Whether it's a live podcast event, a pop-up shop, or a workshop, we're constantly interacting with community, and that's where Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe comes in. Imagine this, you're at a live event, a listener loves your merch, or a participant wants to sign up for your course on the spot. With Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe, you can accept their payments right there and then, right from your iPhone so there's no extra hardware or no delays. Total game changer. It's not just for creators. Any business owner can do this. It's about making transactions smoother and much more personal, growing your business in your way. We've been using Stripe for our products and courses for a long time, and now with Tap to Pay on iPhone, you can take your business to the next level too. So visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone to learn more. Remember folks, with tap to pay on iPhone and Stripe, your business is always at your fingertips. Jim, welcome back to The Unmistakable Creative. Thanks for taking the time to join us. It's an absolute pleasure to be here. Thanks for having me back. Yeah, it is really, really cool to have you back here. You know, uh, we had you here last year and uh, you and I had a conversation about designing environments for optimal performance and creativity. And Everybody in our audience was so blown away by that conversation because they made significant changes in their lives. So it only made sense to bring you back and this time um, do a deep dive into those concepts. So where I want to start really, though, before we do that is for the people in our audience who may not know who you are and about your story. Uh, can you tell us a, a bit about that, your background and how that has led you to this unique perspective that you have uh, on the world? Yeah, you know, my background is two industries. One is, you know, personal transformation or what some people call the personal development industry with seminars and books and tapes and all that kind of stuff. Tony Robbins, Bob Proctor, you know, Jack Canfield, all this. And so I've had 20 plus years of being on some of the best stages in the world and partnering with some of those guys. So I've always had my finger, foot, whatever into that industry of self-development. The other side has been technology, and we've built numerous companies. Some we've kept, some we've taken public. Uh, as a matter of fact, I'm building another one now, and we're partnered with uh, one of Elon Musk's companies. So I, I really believe that personal development as an environment is a great way to to constantly want to improve and to, to grow, whether it's in business or life or relationships or any of that stuff. So that's, that's the short version mm -hmm. of, um, you know, the playgrounds that I've been in. 
So I, I want to start with a question, actually, that I didn't ask you last time. Why do you think people get so addicted to personal development but don't actually do anything with it? <laughs> well, the addiction and the doing are two different things. So yeah. the addictions, you know, if you're actually talking about addiction theory, I'm not an expert in that, but I can tell you that behaviorally, uh, a lot of people who go through personal development go through it because they feel like they're not enough. Yeah. That's at the core. And, you know, that if it feeds their ego, for some people, it's it's their church. You know, they, they didn't feel comfortable going to, you know, the church they were in. And all of a sudden, you know, they heard something there that, that lit them up. Uh, for some people, it's to connect and, and to, feed, you know, be around a community of people that are positive and moving forward. So whatever the reason is, you know, they get into it for that. And then depending on the types of programs they go into, and, you know, I look at personal development like wine, meaning, yeah. you know, you, you may love red wine, but you're not going to drink the same exact bottle every time. So you're going to taste this and try that. And then eventually you'll come up with the ones you really enjoy based on where you are in your life at that time. So I think that people get into it for whatever reasons they want to, they want to reach optimal performance or they want to fix a problem. A lot of times people come into personal development when they have a divorce, a death, um, you know, or a bankruptcy. And that wakens them up because they're uncomfortable enough to look at their life and go, man, I've got to change something. And then, you know, if they stick with it, then they will start to realize that most of it is telling you the same thing, which is you have the ability to transform your thinking, your feelings, and your behaviors. Mm -hmm. And what happens is, is, is a, if you look at it as an industry, and I've studied it for 20 plus years, a lot of them are teaching the same principles. But it was when I got exposed to not just motivation and inspiration, but to actual strategic and tactical thinking inside of it, I started to realize there's some really good content uh, like the environment's work that is tangible and measurable and trackable. And that's where I started to go, hmm, there's the what I call hopium, you know, the ancient personal development drug of hope. And then there's the actual stuff that you go, man, I can immediately implement this, experience a result, and that can start me down a new pathway. Yeah. You know, you mentioned the idea of not feeling like you're enough um, being one of the drivers that gets people into this. And I'm wondering, before we do our deep dive into what we really want to spend our time on, I, I want to talk about that and talk about you know how you navigate it. I mean, have you ever felt that in your life and how have you gotten out of that? Yeah, I only felt it the first 46 years of my life. So, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I I realized something that, um, you know, I've, I've been pretty fortunate. Some of my friends have been fortunate, but most of us grew up feeling like we were in lack. And when I talk about my friends, I talk about, you know, Jack Canfield or Tony Robbins or John Astaroff or, you know, any of these guys, even Elon Musk. And, and what you realize is as you talk to these people is what drove them to such levels of success was actually that feeling of not enough, not enough money, not enough friends, not enough power, not enough whatever. And so what I have found is as they, they, we, whatever, evolve, we start to realize that we really are enough, especially if you live anywhere, you know, where you have any kind of first world benefits, we have more than enough. And what happens is we're exposed to so much media or memetics, as we'll talk about later, that we are actually constantly trained and programmed to think that we don't have enough that we've got to have the next bigger house, bigger car, bigger whatever. And we lose track of what's important to us, which is number one, who we are. And number two, what we truly value in life. And most people have no clue what their values are because we've been marketed all this stuff for so long that we're not actually having our own thoughts. We're regurgitating the programming that's happening to us for the last five, 10, 20, 30, 40 years. Mm -hmm. You know, one of the things you said earlier was that, um, 
often what brings people to personal development or this decision to try to make changes in their lives is some sort of a wake-up call, like a death or a bankruptcy or a divorce or something just horrible. And I'm really wondering about this, and I, I, it's because it seems to keep coming up over and over as a theme in the show. Uh, you know, in story, they call this an inciting incident, right? Or, uh, you know, our, our friend Salim Ismail, who runs Singularity University, called it a forcing function. And he said that it seems to be common to a lot of entrepreneurs. Do you think that that can happen without that catalyst or inciting incident? I think it can. I think the, the likelihood is way less. I, I like to say that most people grow out of desperation and eventually they grow out of inspiration. Mm-hmm. And that <clears throat> desperation is that catalyst. And it moves people into a place of being uncomfortable enough with what's familiar because most people are actually not in a comfort zone. You know, yeah. you hear that in personal development. I don't believe in a comfort zone. I believe that people operate in a familiar zone. In other words, their environments haven't changed enough for them to want to do anything different. But then all of a sudden an environment changes. You know, uh, you, you haven't paid attention to your health and you suffer a health issue. You haven't paid attention to your health and all of a sudden, you know, your spouse isn't interested in having sex with you anymore. You haven't paid attention to your finances. And now as a result, you can't travel and your kids are feeling like, wow, you know, you know, does this parent really care about me or can they provide or whatever or or the wife? I mean, if you look at divorce, why do a lot of divorces happen? You know, they say it's finances. It's not finances. Finances is the end result. Yeah, your money situation may not be great, but the truth is that person's not getting their needs met, their frustration levels are high, and of course, they're pointing at the finances as the problem. But the reality is people have to be uncomfortable enough to be willing to move into new environments. And that often happens. I I say this all the time. I go, husbands, pay attention. If all of a sudden your wife starts working out, hanging out with friends, and isn't spending as much time with you, she's been planning for probably six months her exit. You just aren't aware of it. Wow. So, (laughs) you know, and I've seen this in thousands of people's lives. So, you know, the, the thing you have to pay attention to is what's in your control. And if you've gotten into a place of complacency, if you've been programmed for mediocrity, you have to accept that and then go, what do I truly want in my life? You'll either do it out of inspiration or you'll do it out of desperation. So we'll get to the environments and how you make changes, but that raises one other question for me um, about people who, after situations like that, experience significant growth versus uh, those who experience post-traumatic stress and what differentiates the two? Do you think it's nurture or nature? Uh, Do you think it can be learned? I don't know that I'm qualified. I mean, there's some great (laughs) neuroscientists out there that would debate it on both sides. Yeah. You know, Dr. Mark Waldman, uh, who's a friend of mine, would tell you that PTSD financially is a big issue. As a matter of fact, that's one of the things he worked with me on because in 2008, you know, when the crash happened, uh, we had five homes, we had multiple companies, we had quite a bit of stock and cash and all this. And next thing you know, overnight, we took a 90% haircut. Well, I didn't realize the impact that that had on me for years to come. But when I talked with Dr. Mark Waldman, he said, you do realize that the human brain or mind cannot tell the difference between losing $1 and a million dollars subconsciously. In other words, any loss of money creates stress. The more that you have, you're, you're creating PTSD. 
And I realized that there were certain sets of beliefs that I had not had prior to the crash that I adopted, which were actually preventing me from being able to fully engage in business again. It was like having one foot on the gas and one on the brake. And when I did this exercise with him, a belief or a mimetic popped up that said, man, if it took all this effort to create the wealth, because at 40, we were pretty much retired. If it took all this effort to create all this, and then it can go away that quickly, why even bother? So with a competing belief, like, you know, and I'm just wanting to rebuild and do all this stuff. But at the same time, in my subconscious, this belief was saying, why even bother? I was feeling friction and tension and all this things in my own head and not realizing why I couldn't perform. It's like having a Ferrari, you know, revving up the engine and your foot on the brake, you're going to burn the engine out. And so, again, I don't know that I'm qualified to answer really your question, but having personal experience with it. I can tell you that there are things that have to shift internally in order for you to produce the results you want externally. Yeah, I I would agree with that. I I think that it's very hard. I mean, even as as a creative person, it's hard to have optimal creative output when you're dealing with a lot of heavy stuff internally. Yeah, and that's that's an important thing, and that's that's why personal development is helpful for a lot of people. Uh, for some people, it doesn't work, but you know the reality is it's pretty basic information. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, <laughs> if you marinate yourself in enough good stuff, you're going to become good stuff. Yeah. Well, uh, I think that makes a perfect setup to do what I want to do now, uh, which is to spend the rest of our time talking about this concept of the nine environments. You know, last time we talked about this idea that everything is an environment, but you know, we've got a lot of new listeners, uh, so. Before we do that, and for, for everybody listening, we'll be sure to link up Jim's previous episode uh, in the show notes. But um, for people who are not familiar with you and this concept of nine environments, let's kind of introduce them to it and then get into each one. Sure. Um, do you have any particular angle you want to take on or just a quick overview? Um, I think let's do a quick overview and then we'll go into each one. Okay. So the quick overview is this concept that, you know, you talked about nature versus nurture. The concept that we are surrounded by environments 24 hours a day, seven days a week. So if you look around, no matter where you're listening to this, look, maybe you're sitting in your car, maybe you're in your office, maybe you're you're outdoors, wherever you are, take a look around. And I want you to just to imagine for a moment that everything around you is an environment. Your phone is an environment. Your desk is an environment. Your body is an environment. And so is your mind. In other words, the part of you that's listening to this interview is your mind. You're processing information. And that is an environment that's built on this whole paradigm of your beliefs. In other words, since you were zero till 10, you form most of your beliefs about money, most of your beliefs about family, most of your beliefs about everybody. Okay? So imagine for a moment that everything and everyone is an environment of you. Now you have to ask yourself, how do those environments impact you? And the simple version is this. They're either inspiring you or they're expiring you. Inspire is to add energy. Expire is to drain energy. So when you look at your desk, for example, if you have a clean, clear desk, it's going to add energy to you. Your thoughts will be clearer. Your creativity will be better. Well, I won't say creativity because sometimes actually – A chaotic environment stimulates more creativity for some people. Mm -hmm. Just like some people can go to a library and get really focused, some people have to actually go to a coffee shop with a lot of people and noise for them to get focused. So environments impact people differently. 
But the key concept here is the environment's inspiring you or expiring you. Mm -hmm. So when you look at your home, you look at your car, you look at your office, you look at your body, you look at your relationships, you look at your networks, you look at at your spiritual environment, you look at all these environments, and there's nine of them. We'll go over them in a second. But when you look at all of them, the simple question is, does this environment inspire me and move me towards a better life, or does the environment expire me and drain me or hold me back? Okay. So – that's that's the core. Does that core concept oh, yeah. register? Yep, absolutely. Okay. So now what we start doing is we go, okay, so if I understand that everything's an environment, I understand that the environments are on 24 hours a day, seven days a week. In other words, my willpower to get my butt up off the couch and to go to the gym, that requires willpower. But if I design environments properly, the environments will do the work for me instead of me having to force myself to do the work. This is the reason that people start off with a New Year's resolution, and then three to four weeks later, they're back into their old habits or patterns or routines. The reason that is is their environments are designed by default. If you're doing life by design instead of life by default, it means that you are saying, here's my current reality. Here's what I want my future reality to be. I want to be happier. I want to be healthier and I want to be wealthier. So I'm going to design the environments around me that automatically force or pull me into that future me instead of unconsciously allowing my environments to hold me into my normal patterns. Mm -hmm. All right. So this is where we start saying, hmm, if I'm going to do life by design and I want to become happier, healthier and wealthier, what environments do I need to put in place? What environments do I need to eliminate? And it can start on the very simple level, and we'll go through through the different environments now. Uh, it's really important for people to either draw out this this environment wheel, mm-hmm. or to just you know use a diagram that's printed off. I don't know if the interview will have a link to it, but yeah, we'll we'll make sure that people have a downloadable worksheet. Okay, perfect. So for those of you who don't have that yet, I'll, I'll describe it. In the middle of the page, you draw a circle, just an inch or two wide, and have the word Y O U. Y O U is the part of you that's always been here. It's your soul. It's not your physical body. It's your soul. It's the energy that animates the soul. And when we say inspires, it means in spirit, in spirit within. So you have an indicator inside of you that when you're on track in life, you have more energy. When you're depressed or defeated or feeling you know, bad, you feel like you have less energy. Well, what's happening is, is your soul is either you know, saying, hey, we're on track, or your soul is saying we're off track. So the Y-O-U is your soul. Every other environment is around that. So when you are born or you're, you're conceived, right, you have energy that starts to shape form. So two sp- cells splits into four cells, splits into eight to 16 to 32. And next thing you know, the brain, the heart, and the body is developed inside the womb. So your first environment that you're in is your mother, right? So your father and mother come together, two things of energy are created, and boom, you are start to born. You know, your, your body is start to, to be created. Well, some people believe that even in the womb, you start to form your next environment, which is your memetics. Now, memetics, which is the next circle outside of Y-O-U, is your memes. Meme stands for ideas, concepts, or beliefs. So some people would say that in prenatal therapy, if your mom was a single mom, she wasn't wed, and she was afraid that she was going to have to tell her parents that she had you know, sex out of wedlock, which in the 50s was a big deal, right? Um, it's possible that she, who is creating you as an environment, biochemically, she's creating you. It's possible that if that fear was running through, you may have picked up some kind of interladen beliefs about your self-image, 
not being wanted. Some people might also say that, well, you know, my mom was struggling financially. And so, you know, every time the, the month would come, she would fight with, you know, my dad at the time, even though I was in her womb, some people would say that that would have given you a prenatal imprint or patterning of being um, unconsciously rejecting wealth or, or thinking that money is bad or hard or evil. Why? Because biochemically, your mom is, is releasing stress hormones, which is incubating you inside of, your, of the womb. Now, that's a theory. As what we do know is as you get out of the womb, in other words, you're born from the age of zero to seven, kids don't talk in the, in the first year for the most part, right? They don't make sound. So what we know is, is that we start to develop our patterns of recognition, our beliefs about the world based on our father, mother, church, state, the media, all the TV, everything starts indoctrinating us with our beliefs. If you grow up as a child in Southern California, that's different than if you grow up in, in Northern Russia or in China or Japan or Australia. You speak a different language, you have different beliefs about money, different beliefs about people, different beliefs about everything. So just the fact of where you're born, if you're born in India, you have a different reality the first 10 years of your life than people who are born in different parts of the world. So your beliefs begin to form. And as those beliefs form, and you look at the environments around you, these outer eight environments I'm about to describe, as your beliefs are formed, you think that's real. <laughs> Everything that you see, whether it's in your finances, whether you see the health of the people around you, whether you see how these people do relationships, you believe that that's reality. And as a child, it is. But the mistake that a lot of people make is they think that that has to be their future reality. So they don't change environments. If you ever go back, you know, let me ask you a question, Serene. Were, mm -hmm. were you, do you live in the same town now that you grew up in? No, I've grown up all over the world. You've grown up all over the world. Yeah. And, and if you went back to that same town, would there have been people who still live in that same town? They never went away? Probably. All right. If you've had conversations with those people, because I've done that, I've gone back to my high school town, for example, yeah. and when I went back, I hadn't been there for 10 years. I left after college and traveled, and I met Tony Robbins. I traveled over Canada and U.S. Then I met Bob Proctor. We built a company in Kansas City. Then I moved to California. I grew up in a small town in Florida called uh, DeBerry or DeLand, Florida. And when I go back there, I got most changed. Why? Because I didn't think the same as any of those people. I didn't talk the same because I wasn't having the same environments 24 hours a day, seven days a week that they had had for the last 20 years. I changed my environments and therefore I changed me. Hmm. And a lot of people don't realize that these environments are working on us 24 hours a day, seven days a week. So let's go through these outer eight environments. So the YOU is in the middle. The next one is the memetics. Memetics is every piece of information that's ever come into your space, whether it's radio, TV, print, this podcast. This podcast is a memetic. You could get on here and you could talk about how bad the economy is. You could be one of those conspiracy theorists, you know, conspiracy theorists, but you're not. You're in here providing valuable information that's improving the quality of people's lives. So when somebody listens to this podcast, they are indoctrinating into their minds, into their memetics, a certain set of language or pattern that dictates the way they see the world. Okay? Yeah. So we can control that, right? There's a reason they call TV programming TV programming. It's programming you to think a certain way. So if you get on there and you watch Discovery Channel like I was with my son or the night before, we were watching the movie Racing Extinction, which if you haven't seen that, it's a very powerful thing that's happening in the world right now about the nature environment. 
Um, you know, he and I chose to watch that instead of watching something else. Why? Because I wanted him to see the reality of what's going on in the world and why we're working on businesses that are changing the world. So that's a conscious choice of choosing the medics versus watching something that might have drama or killing or whatever. As a matter of fact, most children will see over uh, 36,000 violent deaths and murders through games and TV before they reach the age of 18. Wow. So what does that do to our memetics? What does that do to the conditioning and programming of children? Well, <laughs> some would say, well, it doesn't make them violent people. No, it doesn't. But you are programming them to see that over and over and over again. This episode of the podcast is sponsored by HostGator. So as I mentioned at the beginning of the episode, one of the easiest ways to start any creative project is to just build a website. If you're not ready to build a website, consider just buying a domain. Unfortunately, our friends at HostGator are fantastic for helping you to get started. They provide 24-7 live support via phone chat and email. They have an easy-to-use website builder if you're not tech-savvy. And if you don't like your existing hosting provider and you want to switch, they make it free and it's super easy. So visit HostGator.com slash creative and use the promo code creative at checkout for 30% off. So let's move from memetics out to the outer eight environments because memetics are the filters through which you see and create the rest of the world. If you change your beliefs, you change your reality. But you can't just change your memetics. So going to personal development and buying books and tapes and this and that is working on the inner game. As a friend of mine, uh, John Asraf says, it's, it's innercising. Every day you wake up, you should innercise your brain like you exercise your body. You want to reprogram your brain to have the thoughts that you want instead of what the media has controlled you to have. The, out, the next uh, environments on the outside is body. And your body, if you look down at your body, your body is different than my body. Your skin is different. Your hair is different. Your height is different. Your weight is different. Even though we have similar organs and structure, right? We have the same number of bones, most likely. We have the same number of organs, most likely. The same number of organ systems. Our bodies are different, the way we move our bodies, the way we have to feed our bodies, you know, there's basic nutrition, but the reality is your body is different than mine. Okay. Mm -hmm. So that body environment also has other environments that are impacting it. Okay. So you can see if somebody takes care of their body environment, in other words, the food, oxygen, and you know, the food, oxygen, and water that they put into that system, if it's healthy, then we know that they're going to be you know, they'll, they'll develop a healthy body. If they hang out with other people, if they eat unhealthy foods, if they don't move that body properly, if they don't get the proper amount of sleep, we know that the condition of that environment called the body is going to degrade over time. It's going to expire instead of inspire. So important to understand is as you look at your environments, you have to ask yourself, do the things I have in my pantry, do the things I have in my refrigerator, do the restaurants I visit and do the friends that I have support me in getting in health or in sickness? Are the things I'm eating cleansing or the things I'm eating clogging? And when it's 10 o'clock at night, right, and you had a long day and maybe you're tired and you stumble into the, to the freezer, or you stumble into the pantry, if the only thing that's in that pantry or freezer, which by the way is an environment, is healthy live organic foods, then the only thing you can put into your body is healthy live foods. But if you have junk foods and sweets and chocolates and sugars and things like that, when your willpower is low, the environment will always win. Okay? Mm -hmm. So that's just the body environment. So if I said, hey, um, you know, and this isn't my case, but I was talking with a client this morning who, uh, for the last six months, she's been wanting to change her physical weight. She wants to drop 30 pounds. And when I started talking to her, I said, 
part of your challenges is that your environments are set up to fail. She said, what do you mean? I said, what are, what's the food that you reach for at 10 o'clock at night when you're hungry, lonely, angry, or tired? Halt. Hungry, angry, angry, lonely, or tired. She goes, oh, I reach for peanut butter. And then to counteract the peanut butter, I reach for the ice cream. And I said, okay, if those weren't in your environment, what would you eat? And she goes, well, I guess I'd have a piece of fruit. I said, great. If you simply didn't bring those things into your environment at 10 o'clock at night, which is when you're triggered, you would not be able to eat the bad food. Now, this is a simple version. Okay. In addition to that, we could add a personal trainer. We could add a network. We could put mud runs in her schedule. We could do all kinds of stuff that is going to change her behavior because there are new environments in there. Mm-hmm. Okay. So let's go into these other environments. That's the body environment. And you know, you can, again, do your body by design or do it by default. It's up to you. I personally think this is one of the best areas for people to start to upgrade their environments in. And believe it or not, getting rid of clutter, getting rid of you know, all the stuff we have in our lives will actually add more energy to the body. It'll clear up your mind and it'll make you want to take better care of your body. The next environment is your self-environment. And your self-environment is what I call your inner architecture. So any of the um, assessments that you've taken, like the Colby or the disc or the print or values or attributes or any of these things that tell you who you are and what you're good at, these are the self-environment. Your self-image is the reflection of your memetics on the self. Now, again, I know this is advanced and I know some people are going, oh my gosh, you know, (laughs) I may be lost in this already. You have to go back and listen to the original interview we did, which was the basics about the nine environments. But when you get into designing your world around your self-environment, around your strengths, around your gifts, around your talents, which is what high-performing people do, they're very critical about what they do and don't allow into their environments. But they also know who they are. They understand that not every that, that they're not capable of being great at everything. You know, Tony Robbins, for example, was an incredible orator. He was fantastic at assimilating information and delivering it back in a way that people could understand it. He also was great at creating environments in seminar rooms where he used lights and music and videos to inspire people and to keep them moving in a peak state, he called it, for days on end so that he could help them reprogram their thinking. So Tony understood who he was at that level and said, I'm going to design my business around what my strengths, gifts, and talents are, which is to communicate and assimilate information and control environments and inspire people to to make change. What they didn't do until recently was actually help people track and follow through on those things. So there was no coaching in their company until years ago. As a matter of fact, I was part of the the team that started that in one of their franchises in Washington, D.C., because I realized – People come to the live events for two or three days. They get excited. They get pumped up. They get motivated, just like going to church or going to a rally. But then they go back to their old what? Environment. Their old environments. So you spend two days in there beating your chest and walking on fire and you know <laughs> putting arrows in your throat or whatever. And you're excited and you feel like, I can change the world. But then you come back to the same home, to the same office, to the same job, to the same spouse, to the same dog. And you get reprogrammed back into the old. So the best thing, and you'll see this time and time again, the 4% of the people who actually end up succeeding at a highest level understand either consciously or unconsciously that in order for them to change, they have to upgrade their environments. That's why you see you know, people like me. I lived in a bomb shelter at one point, and I ended up moving to a beach house. You know, you hear people about Tony Robbins, you know, similar story. You hear people, Elon Musk, all these guys. Elon Musk lived on a, a dollar a day. 
That was his diet. Now, he did it because he wanted to prove to himself that no matter what, he could live off of $30 a month with food, so he took scarcity out of his thing. But Elon has built his businesses around his brilliance, which is science and engineering. He understands who he is. The best leaders in the world understand who they are. And a lot of people, they just don't have a clue because they've been taken through an education system that programmed them for 12 to 16 years on not who they are, but on a skill or a talent that they need to learn to go get a job. Mm-hmm. And that doesn't always work for people. No. So the next environment is your spiritual environment. And I'm going you know, from body to self to spiritual on purpose. You'll notice that the body, self, spiritual, and the next one we're going to get into nature are on the top part of the nine environments. And the reason they're on the top part is because these are the ones that actually are the most important. But where people end up spending most of their time is focusing on the lower ones, which is their relationships, networks, finances, and physical. And the truth is, if they understand how to take care of their body, they understand who they are, the self-environment, they're connected to the spiritual environment, which is higher power. If you look at religion, for example, there's 17 major religions, okay? Mm -hmm. Religion is two or more people gathered with a common belief. So the Catholics have common beliefs about how to access the spiritual environment. So do Buddhisms and so do the Muslims. But what all of these have in common, these 17 major religions, is a belief in something that has a greater power. Some call it God, Allah, Yahweh, Krishna, energy, Christ, whatever you want to call it. But the spiritual environment is one that is our guiding light. It's the one that pulls people into a bigger them. Because it connects them to this thing called the universe or the energy or whatever God you want to to pay homage to or not. Some people go, oh, that's not real at all. That's okay. But they're saying, I have a set of beliefs about a spiritual environment. So if you anchor your environments properly, what you're doing is, is you're triggering yourself to be in alignment with the things that you want to create in your life. If you anchor your environments improperly, what you're actually doing is is that you're pulling yourself away from who you are. So I found in my own life that when I have a clear vision, I have a clear mission, I have clear goals, and I feel that I'm on my spiritual pathway, which we're always on our spiritual pathway, but I feel like I'm more in alignment, my life works better. My businesses are more profitable, my relationships are better, my health is better, my networks prosper and grow when I feel like I'm on purpose. And that purpose is something that you can discover because it's been leaving clues through your whole life. So as your body improves, as you get to understand who you are better in your self-environment, as you get more connected to the spiritual environment, you will find that you attract a higher quality of person. You will find that business and life becomes easier. You will find that you, you end up making a bigger impact in the world because of these things being in alignment. Does this make sense so far? Yeah, definitely. Okay. Now, the next one is the nature environment. And nature is life. It's the seasons. It's outdoors. It's anything that's living. So if you if you step outside the earth for a moment, you look at these beautiful pictures of, of this nature environment called earth versus Mars. I just watched Martian the other night as a movie. Fascinating movie, right? And the whole thing was how do I create life or food using you know sunlight and water to grow plants in this in this desert, basically? <laughs> well, you come you look back at Earth then and you realize we live in this bubble called nature. And as humans, for some reason, we have disconnected ourselves from nature. 
we live in boxes. We wake up in a box called a bedroom, right? We, we live inside that box called the house. We go to a box called an office. We get in a car called the, or a box called a car. You know, maybe we go to another uh, box called the office. Then on the way home, you stop at the gym, which is a box. And then you come back to your house, which is a box. So environmentally, what most people are doing is they've disconnected themselves from everything that's living, which is nature. They're under fluorescent lights in front of computer screens and on concrete floors in recycled air most of the day. And my biggest thing right now is is to help people understand that the planet, nature, is the most important thing we can pay attention to because we're not separate from it. The other key point to all the environments is every environment is connected. You can't change one environment and not have it change another If you improve one environment, it will send a ripple effect through the other environments. If you improve your physical body as an environment, what happens to your self-image? It improves. Once your self-image improves, what happens to your networks? Your networks improve because you'll quit hanging out with the people that, that are bringing you down. What happens when your network improves? Well, your net worth is related to your network. In other words, your financial environment can start to improve because the quality of people you're hanging out with is better. Your self-confidence is up. Your strengths, gifts, and talents are up. Your physical health is up so you have more energy to commit to your vision and mission and your passions. So all of these things are connected and the vice versa is true. If you notice that you're on a downward spiral, if all of a sudden you're starting to eat unhealthy, maybe you're starting to watch TV that isn't empowering you. Maybe you're starting to doubt your self-environment a little bit. Maybe you're starting to notice that the people you're hanging out with aren't actually doing healthy things. They're not really growing and improving. What you're saying is, is that by default, I'm allowing the environments around me to bring me down. You're doing life by default. Mm -hmm. Okay? So... I'm on a big tear right now to educate people about the nine environments, but also to reconnect people with nature because the reality is we as a species, the seven billion of us, do not exist unless we begin to repair and regenerate the planet, which we have been destroying over the last 50 years. That's the simple reality. It is the number one most important uh, you know, environment for us to take a look at. As a matter of fact, uh, if you look at the Paris climate talks that happened, you had 190 nations that agreed that the number one thing we have to do is we have to stop the production of carbon or CO2 on our planet. We have to change the way that we live and exist or else we're like the fish in the fishbowl. We've contaminated the fishbowl. We're continuing to do it and the fish are going to die and the fish are dying. <laughs> okay. So 90% of the, the fish in the ocean are overfished and dying. The coral reefs are suffering massively. Our oxygen supplies on the planet are being overtaken by CO2, and it's at, a, it's at an all-time high. The last time we had this was in the last extinction. There's been five major extinctions that have happened on this planet. We are man-made forcing the sixth one. So why am I sharing all this, right? Is this a political thing? Yes and no. The reality is this. If we want to be happier, we want to be healthier, we want to be wealthier, we have to improve all the environments. We can't improve just one. Now, the next environment is the physical environment. Your physical, P-H-Y-S-I-C-A-L, stands for your home, your office, your possessions. This is another one that's easy to start changing. So your body is an easy one to change, and the physical is an easy one to change immediately. So if you have clutter, if you have uh, uh, equipment that's broken, if you have things in your environment that are not working their tolerations, their things you're putting up with, right? What that does is that subconsciously drains your energy. 
This is why you'll find that super successful people are meticulous about their homes, their offices, their environments. It's not that they're looking to have some big fancy home so everybody can look around and go, look how good I am. It's that they understand that the environment, the physical environment, is impacting them 24 hours a day, seven days a week. You're seeing a big shift now in designers and architects to make sure that they're doing environmental design. In other words, they're wanting to direct the behavior of the users into a certain area. So if you're the CEO, you're going to design your office to make sure that it's in alignment with your goals. If you're running a podcast, right, you have certain equipment that you use to make sure that you've got clear audio broadcasting and this and that. That's a physical environment. And what people need to understand is your physical environment is working on you 24 hours a day, seven days a week. So I'm going to pause for a moment because I know I'm giving a lot of data yeah. and I want to, you know, you asked me to go deeper into some of this stuff. I want to make sure that I'm hitting the mark. Oh yeah, this is, this is gold. This is gold. I'll, you know, just to, for, for the sake of, of, uh, you know, taking that pause, I'll tell you a story about the physical environment that really kind of changed my, my life and was kind of mind blowing. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad. And I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. 
Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Um, you may have read it. Last year, there's this book that came out called The Life-Changing Magic of Tidying Up. Uh, by a Japanese woman who's an interior designer. And she had said that as people start to change physical environments, which was, you know, like getting rid of stuff that they didn't need, she said that people started losing weight, like all sorts of changes started to happen that they didn't plan on. Um, so I, you know, I went and looked at my bookshelf and I realized, I was like, there's a lot of books here that I really don't like and I'm never going to read. And the only books left were the ones from Penguin Portfolio, who happens to be the people who are publishing my book. <laughs> really surreal. Like, I don't know if that's just a coincidence, but it was always, it always made for a nice story to talk about changing environments. I love it. I love it. Well, and that's, that's key too. You know, people have asked me, how come you guys have moved so often? And I'll tell you, every time that we move, it changes my wife and son, my behavior. It changes the way we think, it changes the way we feel, and it changes the way that we act. So, you know, living at the beach, for example, uh, which, which you've been to two of our, our beach homes, each one of those environments is different. One of them was like a real beach house. Another one was like a modern house on the beach. Our behaviors were different. Now, here's what I noticed too. It only takes about 10 days for a, a new environment to become a familiar environment. So when I moved into the beach house that you were at last, right, that modern kind of beach house, what happened was is, is that everything was new. Where, you know, where the utensils were was new. Where my office was was new. And it was like, you know, none of our habits or patterns from the other house we brought over. But within 10 days, I noticed that we started getting into some of the routines. So when you are moving around environments, recognize that within about 10 days, your new patterns are going to start to set in, in the physical environments. Other ones take a little longer. But you can actually start to design physical environments by putting your gym shoes right by the door or your gym bag. So that every day when you walk out, you go, oh, that's right. That's a reminder for me to, to go to the gym, okay? You can start to set up triggers. For example, you know, maybe you put a little card in a, um, you know, on your mirror that says, here's the three questions I'm going to ask myself today. That, that three-by-five card is an environment that's anchoring you to remind yourself, to ask yourself, what am I grateful for today? What can I do to move closer and faster to my vision and mission? Who do I love and how can I make a difference in their life? If you put those three questions on a three-by-five card, you paste that on a mirror, every day your mind is going to read those. It's going to force your consciousness to focus on that. So that's anchoring an environment. Same thing with a gym bag. So the physical environment is imperative for us. And it's again, it's one of the easiest ones for us to start with because once we start to do that, that environment will work on us. This episode of the podcast is sponsored by MightyDeals.com. Mighty Deals is a daily deals website aimed at creative professionals, and they offer amazing deals on quality fonts, 
templates, apps, ebooks, icons, and a whole bunch of other stuff. They focus on products and services for web designers and developers, so you can be sure that you'll get the type of deals that you want and you can actually use for your work. And because you're an unmistakable creative listener, they're offering a special discount that's available till January 31st. So visit mightydeals.com slash all underscore deals and use the promo code creative 10 for 10% off anything on the site. Okay. Yeah. So the next one, and you had talked about this before, you know, a lot of people are like, um, how do I get my financial environment to improve? All right. So this is situational, meaning if somebody has debt and I talk about different stages of wealth, the first stage is called repair and recovery. If somebody's in repair and recovery financially, it means that they're dealing with debt. They're dealing with overwhelm. They, they maybe don't have a good strategy in place. They're not making enough money. They're stressed out. That's repair and recovery. The same thing that repair and recovery with your body means that you have low energy. You're dealing with disease or sickness. Finances are the same way. Okay, so it could be that their memetics, their beliefs about money are actually preventing them from being able to create manage, create money, manage money and invest money. Those are the three keys to it. But when we're in repair and recovery, we have to start building a solid foundation. That's level two. You want to build a solid foundation. And it's super simple. Number one, know the numbers. Number two, earn more than you spend. <laughs> Number three, invest the difference. It's not hard to build a financial foundation. If you have those three things in place, you will win. Now, as you get more and more sophisticated with your finances, you're going to add wealth team members, which is an environment. You're going to add software, which is an environment. You're going to add strategies, which is an environment. So you may be purchasing real estate. You may be building businesses or acquiring businesses. You may be um, investing in businesses. All of these are environments. So at one time, as I mentioned, we had five homes. Okay, those five homes were environments in our financial portfolio. Insurance is an environment. Uh, a will and trust is an environment. We had a wealth team, so we had uh, bankers, we had uh, real estate investors, we had um, financial advisors, we had insurance agents. We had all of these as part of our wealth team. And some people are like, well, I don't have the money to have that team. You will have the money because you have the team. You see, your net worth is related to your network. So as you start to build a financial environment, you're going to start to realize, wow, if I put the right environments in place, I will be pulled into wealth. Okay. This, this has been, you know, what is a company? A company is a group of people that gather for the purpose of providing a product or service and earning a profit. Well, that's a financial environment. So Microsoft is an environment. Apple is an environment. Uh, your company, right, unmistakable, mm -hmm. is an environment, and it spins off these finances. Now, we could get way more in-depth on this, yeah. but, but the simple reality is, is you have to look around and ask yourself, do the environments I have around me pull me into wealth, or are they causing me to stay in struggle? Okay, money is is energy. That's all it is. So you want to constantly be adding energy, and then you want to add team to manage that energy. Okay. The next one is your network. Now, your network is any clubs, groups, or associations. So right now, you see a billion people a day logging into a social network called Facebook. But every day, it seems like there's a new one popping up. We've got Periscope and Twitter and Pinterest and Instagram and LinkedIn and Facebook. These are all networks. And the networks that you participate in are going to determine your thoughts, your feelings, and your behaviors. So 
when I go onto Facebook, I go on there for a specific reason. When I go into LinkedIn, I go in for a specific reason. If I'm broadcasting a YouTube video, I'm doing it for a specific reason because I realize each of those are environments. Now, what happens to some people is they get sucked into these environments, not just the social networks, but they get sucked into personal networks. So if you belong to a club or a group or an association, right, let's say that you joined your kid's PTA, and that PTA in particular is very productive. They're up to good things. They're really making initiatives happen. That's a positive environment to be a part of. But have you ever been a part of a club or a group or an association where you know there's some negativity or there's drama or chaos? Yeah. That drains you. Oh, yeah. And believe it or not, that screws the rest of the environments. <laughs> okay. So did I cut you off there? Were you going to say no, something no. else? No, you're good. So when you're choosing your networks, and I encourage everybody to do this, to, to look at their environments every year and start to ask themselves, how do I rate each of these environments? Do I have the network that I want? You know, the network that I have now, um, I can pick up the phone and connect with just about anybody through most of my network. I was talking to a good friend of mine, John Asraf, and he had just finished having dinner with Larry King and um, Wolfgang Punk, uh, w- w- not Punk, but Puck. <laughs> Wolfgang's going to kick me in the, you know what's if, uh, if he meets me, but Wolfgang Puck, right? The, uh, the owner of all the restaurants. And, you know, Larry King has interviewed everybody from Osama bin Laden to the presidents to actors and celebrities and Hollywoods and this and that. And he said, you know, Larry, what do you find that all of these people have in common? What is it that makes these people, no matter whether they've been mass murderers or whether they've been you know, political heroes? And he said, the number one thing is drive. The number one thing that they have is drive. So I looked at the network that Larry had surrounded himself with, which is basically everybody. I looked at my networks. I looked at John's network. And I go through and I do an inventory. And I ask myself, and I learned this from John also, is this person in my life for a reason? Are they in my life for a season? Are they in my life for a lifetime? If they're here for a reason, that's great. Maybe we're doing a deal together. That's fine. If they're here for a season, they may come in for a little bit, go out for a little bit, come in for a little bit, go out for a little bit. If they're here for a lifetime, it means we're going to build a relationship together forever for the hundred years plus that we're on this planet. So I'm very conscious of who I do and don't invest time with, and it has to be mutually beneficial. The networks that I belong to, the associations, the clubs, the groups. Like right now, I'm chairman of the board of the U.S. Green Chamber of Commerce. Why? Because I believe that that network is going to shift the face of business forever. I'm also uh, building a network in our business. We're building 100,000 entrepreneurs that want to see sustainable business, right? So when I plug into LinkedIn or any of these networks or I decide what shows I'm going to be on like yours – I want to make sure that these are the types of networks that are moving in the direction that I want to head. Mm. Otherwise, I don't have a need for them. Okay? So the last one is your relationships. And I leave relationships for last because for a lot of people, there's this is a tough one for them. Uh, for, I've been very fortunate in relationships uh, probably because I know who I am. I understand people really well, and I understand you know how these environments work. But a lot of people struggle in the relationship environment because they don't know themselves. They don't know what makes them truly happy, and they're looking on the outside for somebody else to make them happy, and it doesn't work that way. Now, the relationship is your spouse, your significant other, your family, your pets – even the people you work with, because a lot of times you'll invest more time with the people you work with than you will your own family. So if your team doesn't inspire you, they expire you, you've got the wrong team. 
That's the simple reality. You need to be with people who are every day inspiring you on, on a common vision and mission. The same is true with your family. You know, when people first start dating, they see the best sides of themselves because they don't present that all the time. But if you presented you all the time, you would find that the relationships that you get into are not going to have to be fixed because they're not broken. You're just being you. You know, my wife and I said this when we first met, um, you know, it was very clear. There are things that I love to do and there are things I'm not willing to do with the time that I'm here. If the, if you and I have common interests, we have common values and we have, you know, common goals, we're going to, we're going to have a fantastic life. And we have, and you know, it's not two halves making a whole, it's two holes making more. And so the, the key on relationships, number one, work on yourself first, because I find that 90% of the problems that people have in their relationship, whether it's their finances or their lack of drive or whatever, if they handle that themselves and quit blaming the other person, all of a sudden their relationships get better. So 90% of the work, if you just improve yourself, you commit to being who you are, you're going to find that your relationships work. And if who you are doesn't pair up with the person that you're currently in relationship with, then bless each other and move to another relationship. It's that simple. If the relationship environment isn't working, improve yourself, improve the relationship, or move to a new one. So that's that's an overview and a little bit more detail. And feel free to direct me wherever you'd like. But where, where do you want to go with that? Well, there's not really a ton left to say because, I mean, you pretty much gave us a ton to to sort of uh, sit on. But, you know, I, I guess the, the one question that comes from me, having gone through this process myself uh, and worked on each of these environments, where do you think people go wrong with this? Like, where are they likely to screw this up? Gosh. Um, <laughs> you should be you used know, to this by now. Yeah, it depends on who they are and what they're dealing with. What I find is most people have an Achilles heel. Yeah. All right. So let's say their Achilles heel is financial. Well, they will keep trying to fix that financial environment instead of bringing other environments in that fix it themselves. Right. I'll also tell you another place that people go wrong is they work on just one environment. Now, I believe in starting with one. Right. So fix your body environment first or fix your physical environment or fix your financial, whatever it is. Choose that area and decide that you're going to master that one and get that one cranking. But bring in resources. I have found in my life that it's difficult for me to see the areas that I'm blind to. And so I rely on trusted advisors and friends to give me feedback as to what they see, what is working and what isn't in my life. So where people screw up is they don't, number one, recognize most of us have an Achilles heel. I don't know anybody who has mastered all nine of these environments, even though that's a great goal, myself included. I also um, will tell people that, that where I see them fail is they think they have to do everything. Yeah. And one of my favorite phrases is you need to delegate your success to the environments. Okay, There are certain areas that I already have habits of health and wealth and happiness, but there's some that I don't. So instead of me forcing myself to try to get better in those areas, I will simply employ environments to mold me into the person I want to become. One other piece I forgot to share with you. When people are setting goals, okay, most people are setting goals to attain, achieve, or acquire something. I want to attain a new house. I want to experience that new trip. I want to do whatever. What I encourage people to do is to start to look at their environments and ask myself, how can I use these environments to evolve me? You see, the purpose of a goal is not to attain, achieve, or acquire something. The purpose of a goal is to simply evolve you. You came down as a spiritual entity or being, whatever your beliefs are, 
and you took on this thing called a body. Then you took on these things called environments and you took on these things called beliefs. And my belief is the purpose of us being here in this physical body on this planet at this time in our lives is to simply evolve you spiritually. Because when you die, when you take your last breath, that environment called the body environment is going to immediately begin to decay because there's no energy animating those cells. So it will immediately start to turn back to dust. So if you think about that, your soul came into this physical plane, it's going to leave this physical plane and go somewhere else, right? So what is the purpose of you being here for 10 years, 20 years, 100 years, 120 years, maybe 250 years? What is the purpose of that? And I believe it's to evolve you. I believe that if you take any human and you begin to upgrade their environments, you can maximize their potential and you can create an amazing life. But if you take that same human and you keep the environments the same or you make the environments worse, that human is going to constantly be struggling. So my message is upgrade your environments to upgrade your life. Mm. Well, this has been really, really phenomenal. Um, And I know you guys have the happy, healthy, wealthy game. So I want to let you tell people about that because I've been through it myself and it was hands down one of the best investments we made. I mean, we had everybody, we, we agreed as a company that we would all do it together. And uh, so let's tell people about that and then we'll wrap things up. Sure. This was an environment that I wanted to create because I needed it for myself. (laughs) I needed something that would force me as an environment to focus on the three most important things to do every day. And what we did is we surveyed thousands of people and we realized no matter what their goals were, whether they wanted to buy a new car, a new house, take a trip, lose 10 pounds, find their soulmate, whatever it was, all of those goals fit into three categories their happiness, their health, and their wealth. So I thought, how do we create a fun, inspiring game slash environment that challenges people every day to just take three actions a day? One happy, one healthy, one wealthy. And then I said, what are the topics of information we need to teach? What's the memetics we need to build? What are the habits we need to build with these people to help them become happy, healthy, and wealthy? Because it takes, you know, depending on how frequent you do it, it takes somewhere between 21 and 66 days for habit to be formed. Okay, so if we know that, we said, well, now we know we have to do something that's bigger than 66 days. Why don't we do a 90-day happy, healthy, wealthy game where people take three actions a day. They track their progress in a scorecard. We bring an environment in called an accountability partner. We bring an environment in called nine uh, training webinars or nine levels where we teach, for example, the nine environments. That's one of the nine levels of training that we teach. What are all the environments we have to put in place? to statistically prove that your life can change in 90 days or less. And the, and the big emphasis, Sereni, was I was tired of seeing people go to seminars, get excited, get pumped up, and then come home to their normal environments and not change anything. Yeah. And so this program is designed to meet you in your home, in your office. It's very simple, three actions a day. We track it, and then we keep working with you from an accountability standpoint to create momentum in your life and to change your environments. And so uh, that's the program. You can you can find it by either Googling Jim Bunch or The Ultimate Game or Happy Healthy Wealth here. I think you might have yeah, uh, we'll, a link. We'll definitely get it out via the email list. Um, yeah, and, and I, can, I can honestly say it was one of the best things I ever did last year. So what were some of the changes you had so people have a, a reference? Well, I got my book deal. Uh, during the, the 90 day challenge. So I can't, it's hard for me to say anything bad about it. You know, uh, it, you know, it honestly was one of those things. And I was going through a really tough time, as you know, 
um, when when I started. It was it was easily one of the most valuable things we did, and it was um, eye opening. <clears throat> I I think it was one of the best things, and I think the accountability partners made a huge difference. It, it like I said, I mean, I I, for, I can speak volumes about how good it is because I saw tangible change as a result of it. Awesome. So. Well. I'm super excited that, that you and Brian and everybody I've met through uh, you guys is is basically learning the environments and sharing it with more people because that is part of what I want to do is to make sure that people understand the concept and that we as a species, 7 billion of us, begin to take responsibility for our lives and for our environments because as your life improves – my life improves. As my life improves, so is the next guy's. So there is an opportunity. It's, it's interesting to me, Srini, that right now of the 7.3 billion of us on this planet, 5 billion of us have access to each other through the internet and through mobile. That's never happened before. And the reason I'm so excited is, is that I believe that that's by design, not by default. When I look at a school of fish, for example, that are swimming in the ocean, all of a sudden they, they shift gears and they go to the right or they go to the left. They move almost simultaneously. And I think we as a species are doing the same thing. I think we have access to each other through the internet for a reason, and that is for us to evolve, for us to let go of the old beliefs we've had of not enough, to let go of the old beliefs that that you know only a few people can have abundance. We live better today than most kings did two, three, four, five hundred years ago. That's the reality. And yet we're still carrying the old beliefs that make us think that there's not enough money, not enough time, not enough everything. And we live in this modern day spiritual trap of scarcity. And I think this is the time where people can wake up and realize we have the ability to feed everybody on the planet, to do it sustainably, to have people doing the jobs and careers that they love. We have an opportunity to let go of the old political systems that, that give the, the privileged few a lot and, and, and everybody else nothing. That doesn't have to happen. We will actually all have more by sharing with each other. And so sharing the nine environments, sharing this content, doing the work that you're doing is paramount in shifting all of us as a species to understanding we truly can live an amazing life and this can be heaven on earth. Wow. Uh, so I have one final question for you, which I asked you last time. So I'm curious to see how this will change a year later. Um, what do you think it is that makes somebody or something unmistakable? Honestly, I think it's them knowing and living their self. I think the more that you know who you are and who you aren't, you can stand in that power and that makes you unmistakable. When people stand out in their strength and in their power and they are here doing the work that they were specifically designed to do, that's unmistakable. And I'd love to see more people doing that. Awesome. Well, I think that makes a, a really beautiful way to, to wrap up our conversation. <clears throat> and I, I really, really appreciate you taking the time to come back and uh, go so deep into all these nine environments uh, and share your insights with our listeners. Thank you, Srini. I'm happy to be here anytime to, uh, to support you and your environments. Yeah, awesome. And for everybody listening, we will wrap the show with that. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Have you ever felt a twinge of worry about AI taking over your job or diluting your creativity? Well, what if you could turn that fear into creative fuel? We've just published an amazing new ebook called The Four Keys to Success in an AI World. And this is more than just a guide. It's a deep exploration into the human skills that AI can't touch. The skills that are essential for standing out and thriving, no matter how much technology evolves. We're talking about real differentiators here like creativity, emotional intelligence, critical thinking, and much more. Inside, you'll find actionable insights and strategies to develop these skills, whether you're a creative person, a business person, or just simply someone who loves personal development. This isn't a story about tech taking over. It's a story of human creativity thriving alongside AI. Picture this, AI as your creative co-pilot, not just as a tool, but a collaborator that enhances your unique human skills. The Four Keys ebook will show you exactly how to do that, and view AI in a new way that empowers you instead of overshadows you. Transform your creative potential today. Head over to unmistakablecreative.com slash four keys. Use the number four, K-E-Y-S. That's unmistakablecreative.com slash four keys and download your free copy.